0: Hello again, my name is Monica Pitts, and I am excited to dig into website data today in part one of our Digging Into Data series. Now, we plan this series to empower marketers and business owners to lean into their marketing data because I find that people just straight up ignore their marketing data because they're uncomfortable with it, they don't know where to start, they don't even know what metrics mean, really. And so if you're one of those people, and you feel like you're just flushing your money down in the toilet with your marketing because you don't even know what's working and what's not, then you have come to the right place because this series is just for you. You can just call me your data plumber. We are going to dig into the four things that you really need to know to get control over your marketing data. We'll start with what to review. Then we'll talk about tools that will make that review easier. Third, I'll interpret all the metrics you really need to know. And last but not least, I'm going to go over how often you even really need to review this stuff. I want to clear up your confusion over this data so you can knock out your excuses to skip the review step. No more money flushing for you. Mm -mm. We're going to make decisions on what worked and what didn't work. We're going to market with purpose. Let's get started.
1: if you're a natural born marketer you're one lucky son of a gun if you're like most people marketing especially online marketing is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup the may create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. our podcast marketing with purpose makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing and now your host monica pitts founder of maycreate with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck.
0: I'm not going to lecture you about why you need to review your marketing data. Because you're here, I assume that you care about it. (laughs) So I'm not here to change your values and make you decide that you're going to review stuff. I don't know if I can make you love marketing data as much as I love it. I love it because it's like a human science experiment. Can you get people to do what you want them to do? And why did they actually do what they did? What can I do differently to make them respond? I mean, and what makes digital marketing so cool is the data is extremely available. I think the reason I love marketing data is because I really understand it. And I also think the reason that more business owners don't look at their marketing data is because they don't know what it means. It makes them feel lost or out of control. I mean, I know that I don't love my retirement reports and not just because they're tanking right now, but because I just honestly don't have much of a clue of what's going on in them. I mean, thank God for my Edward Jones agent who's translating them for me and draws little pictures so I can understand what's going on. Today, I'm hoping to give you that same luxury so you can look at your marketing data and understand if it's working or not and then make empowered decisions on how to improve it. As I said, I'm going to do a series of podcasts over this topic. I'll be going in depth over each thing, social media, websites, and email marketing, so you're not overwhelmed with all this amazing goodness all at once. Today. I'm gonna start with websites. I'll cover what you need to review, tools to use to make it easier, interpreting those metrics, and how often you need to review it. And I'm going to talk about a bunch of really intangible stuff. So if you need visuals, hop on over to the Make Create website and get the visuals as well as the show notes, and a nicely formatted blog post over this topic at podcast.maycreate.com, And that's M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E dot com. And while you're there, you might also consider checking out our downloadable resources to help you along the rest of the way in your marketing journey. So let's start at the top. Websites. What to review. Since this is the first of my digital marketing data review podcasts, I'm gonna give you a little bit more on the basics behind it. So, picture in your mind a pyramid. At the top of the pyramid is your goal, at the bottom of the pyramid are the activities in your marketing plan. The middle of the pyramid is filled in with the metrics that you can review about those activities that will let you know if you're hitting your goal. The goal defines the most important metric. For example, if your goal is to increase sales, then sales revenue is your most important metric. So if you review nothing else and you abandon me right now, you just need to look at the amount of money that came into your company versus the amount of money that you spent in marketing. That's a big picture indicator, that's your goal. But where we're going to start reviewing right now is at the bottom. This layer is made up of the activities that you do in your marketing plan. And without this layer, the rest of the pyramid, just it doesn't even exist. You can't reach your big picture goal if you don't do the activities that you need to get you there. The metrics that you review for the bottom layer are pretty simple. Like, did you do the activities that you set out to do? For your website, for example, it might be blogging. You might have set a goal to do four blog posts a month. Did you do your four blog posts? That's the first thing that we need to review. And your website is a little more complicated than the rest of the things that you're going to look at for your digital marketing because all of your digital marketing funnels back into your website. So if you're not doing your other marketing activities, your website will suffer because of it. You won't see the same traffic on your site or the same behavior out of your visitors. So looking at those activities and whether you did them or not can absolutely impact the bottom line on your website. So once you make note of how many activities that you actually did or did not do, then you can start considering what key metrics you might want to review in your marketing. For online marketing, there are so many things that you can review. And as I said, it all funnels back into your website. That website offers another level of checks and balances for all of your online marketing activities. And that's why the website is our first stop on the data review journey. When I take a good in depth look at a website and try to understand what's going on, there are a lot of metrics that I look at. I start out general with sessions. Percentage of new visitors, average time on site, pages per session, bounce rate, and traffic sources. Then I dig deeper and I glance at demographics, take a good look at the pages that were visited, try to understand the landing pages, referral sources, device types, events, and the keywords that bring people to the site. And I just listed off what might feel like, you know, a million things. And you're probably driving in your car right now. And you're like, Monica, how am I supposed to process this? And here's the deal. This is just the part where I'm telling you what to review. Next, I'll talk about the tools you'll use to find each one of those things. And then I'm going to go in depth into what each of these things means. Speaking of tools, what tools are you going to use to review the data from your website. I use two tools most often, Google Analytics and Google Search Console. Now Google Analytics tells you what visitors are doing when they are on your website. You have to install a code in your website in order to use it, but it's free and it gives you a ton of data to look through. Google Search Console tells you how browsers, search engines, interact with your website. Well, not all browsers and search engines, just Google. But let's face it, Google is probably driving 98% of the traffic to your website anyway. So that's probably the one you need to look at. So it's going to tell you what keywords it shows your website for in search results and how often people click on your website when they search for those keywords. And it will also let you know approximately where you rank for those keywords in search results. There is a third tool that I use called Google Data Studio. Now, Google Data Studio does not actually record things on its own. It's a dashboarding tool that allows you to suck in data from other places and then display it in a way that's meaningful to you. I had a client who is a lawyer who went through the process of building a website with us and was like, wow, what you guys do is you try to make things as easy as possible for everybody. And then at the end, you give me this report from Google Analytics that means absolutely nothing to me at all. It's like written in some foreign language I can't understand. And that really resonated with me. Like, wow, here I am trying to convince my clients that their marketing data is important, but I haven't even given it to them in a way that they can really interpret it and understand it and use it to make marketing decisions. So when I found Google Data Studio, I was extremely pleased because it's a very flexible tool to be able to display data in charts, rearrange it, just display what I want, even color code it you can change the fonts i'm telling you you can do all kinds of stuff with this thing and so each one of my clients has this very nice sortable dashboard that we've created for them that pulls in the information from google search console and google analytics and allows them to filter through the information to see what they want to see i made a copy of this report and populated it with sample data and i will put a link to it in the show notes and also in the nicely transcribed blog post so that you can go out and make a copy of the report on your own you'll just switch out the data sources with your actual data sources in Google Analytics and Google Search Console so that way you can really quickly and easily sort your information and find what you want to find instead of having to go through all of the steps in Google Analytics Google Analytics is awesome but it is extremely robust. It's like the difference between using paint and Photoshop. They're eons away from each other. And when you're a business owner and you're trying to sort through data, you don't have time to get distracted and sucked into this interface. And it's frustrating when you get lost in there and you can't find what you wanna find. So I've tried to build these tools like the Google Data Studio report to even allow myself to stay out of these other interfaces that are so darn complicated and convoluted and have a way of sucking me in and taking me on this data journey that I never needed to go on to begin with. So make a copy of it, tinker around with it, hopefully you like it. Regardless of what source you're reviewing the data in, you need to understand what each item means. And if you were a beginner, I would actually just write down exactly what you're trying to find before you even open up the program or the report. It's much more difficult to go in there without a clue and just kind of bop around everywhere than it is to be like, I am going to this one spot and solving this one problem. One of the very first things that I suggest before you start digging in and trying to diagnose how your website's behaving is sorting by geographic area. Restrict the data to just the states that you do business in. The people that are in your service area are the people that you want to do business with, and they're the people that are interacting with your website that you can actually serve. The people that are over in Africa or India, if they're not in your service area, it doesn't really matter. They're probably not behaving nearly as favorably on your site, and so all of your data is gonna go down. And you can end up making false assumptions if you leave them in your data set. So narrow that geographic area down so that way you can really see how your potential customers are acting when they're on your site. It's not that the other information isn't important. One of my clients has a ton of hits from California But we're in Missouri and they only service people in Columbia, Missouri and the 60 miles around us. And it turns out that there's actually a company in California with the exact same name as theirs that does the exact same thing. So they exchange business back and forth. They even have that company's clients calling their number to get service, and they're like, oh, sorry, and that other company says the same thing. So um, it can be interesting data, it's just, it's not valuable to you right now with the decisions that you're trying to make. So once you narrow down to your geographic location, the first thing that you're gonna look for is sessions. Sessions is the number of times your website was viewed. That's not to be confused with unique visitors. Each session is not a unique person, it's just a unique time that the server serves your website. I like to look at this because I wanna understand what my traffic flow looks like at this given time. Over time, if you are adding content to your website and marketing to your website and growing your business, the number of sessions on your website should always be going up. There's going to be times of the year that your sessions will dip down, especially if you're a seasonal business, but in general, sessions should be slowly but surely ticking up. Now, one thing that I have noticed recently is as Google has improved its knowledge graph, that panel that you see on the side that tells people a phone number and an address, office hours, and has a photo of the business – As that has improved display and as mobile traffic increases, and that's the first thing that they see, they don't see the listing on the search page, they just see that knowledge graph display. I find that sessions has actually leveled off for some of my clients, but I anticipate that they will go up over time. The next thing I look at is percent new visitors. These are the people who came to the website for the first time during the time period for which you're reviewing data. I could come to the website in December and then come again in November. I would be part of the new visitors percentage if you were just looking at the data for December because it doesn't know that I was there in November too. It's just looking at that time frame. Percent new visitors is important to me, especially if I'm running an advertising campaign or if I'm blogging. I want that percent new visitors to be relatively high because I'm trying to get in front of new people. And if I have a membership site and I serve members and I give my members resources, I want a low percentage of new visitors in that instance because I want to see my members coming back to the website over and over again to look at the resources that I offer them. The next three metrics that I review are to give me a picture of what user engagement looks like on the website. Their average time on site, pages per session, and bounce rate. Average time on site means how long is a user there per session, on average. The next one is pages per session, which is how many pages does a user go to on my site per session, on average. And then the bounce rate is when a person goes to the website and leaves the website from the same page. They don't ever go to another page within the website. So if the average time on site is high, let's say... At least over a minute. I always want to see it over a minute. When I see things over two minutes, that's even better, but anything over a minute is relatively acceptable. If it's under a minute, you probably need to consider what you've put on the pages of your site and give people some more information to consider and read. If they're going to more than one page per session, then that's great too. It means that the content that you have is easy to navigate around and you've given them a path to proceed through the website. Now, If both of those things are looking good, then your bounce rate shouldn't be overly high. Bounce rate is a tough one because it really depends on how you're marketing your content. For example, if I do lots of email campaigns and I'm giving people links back to one page in my site, then I might have a higher bounce rate because people are going to go to that page in my site. That's what they wanted. They read it. They watch it. They leave. Now, you can lower that bounce rate by giving them that great path to go to more information by offering them things like related posts. But a higher bounce rate is indicative of a website that is doing online marketing activities that would drive people into one page, and then they might leave. It just is the nature of the beast. Your pages procession should absolutely be over one. It should be closer to one and a half or two. And your bounce rate should be someplace between... and 80%. If your bounce rate is really, really low, then it probably means that there's something wrong with your tracking and you might have some of your tracking installed twice. I've seen websites where the bounce rate is like 1% or 2% and it's not because you actually have that low a bounce rate. It's because the Google Analytics tracking code is installed twice. And so every time that that Session starts on the website, it counts as two page views. So you have a bounce rate of zero, which that's not right. And it just throws your metrics off. So make sure that you take a look at that. So the next metric that you're going to review is how people are getting to your website, and that is your traffic sources. This is how you can tell if the rest of your marketing is working. Google Analytics tells you if Your traffic is coming in organically, which means that people are searching for you in a search engine and then arrive at your website. If it's coming in direct, it means that they typed in your URL into their browser or have saved your URL in their favorites and they click on it and come to your website directly. You'll have referral traffic, which is traffic that comes in from other websites. Social traffic is just like it sounds, coming from social media And then you can also have different types of advertisements. So you might have display and paid search traffic as well. Unless you're doing online ads, for most websites, the highest type of traffic is organic search. If that isn't the highest traffic source and your highest traffic source is, say, direct then you might want to dig into that and figure out if maybe every single person's computer in your office has your website set as their homepage on their browser because that's not actually showing you real data. And you can filter out data from your Google Analytics by IP address so you can exclude the people from your office from being recorded into your reports and you change that in your admin settings. The next metric you're going to review is demographics, if they're enabled. You have to enable this in your Google Analytics report. And if it's not enabled, you'll know because it will prompt you to enable it by clicking a button. Now, because I think that marketing is a huge science experiment, I do find the demographics just totally fascinating However, you need to take this particular piece of data with a grain of salt because the demographics report is only from a subsection of visitors that are going to your website. It's not everybody. It's only the people that allow it to be tracked. The demographics tab will show you age and gender. And generally, I find that that is pretty well in line what we think it would be for a company. However, Just remember, it is only a subset of visitors that you're looking at. So don't make any... Now, to figure out what people are actually doing when they're on the site, I look at the pages that they visit and the landing pages from which they enter. If you're running a blog, this is one of the most essential steps for you. Or if you have an e-commerce site, this is also super important. You want to know what products people are looking at and compare that to what products people actually buy. And for your blog, you want to look at what pages people enter in, how many times they look at a certain blog post. And then from there, you can figure out what content is resonating most with people. I would also look at how long people are staying on each one of those pages because it'll let you know if the content is not quite right. For example, I have a Blog post on ADA compliance on my website. Now, for my website, I meant what is ADA compliance for a website? But it gets a bunch of traffic, but nobody sticks around for more than, you know, a couple of seconds. Well, it's because it's about website ADA compliance, but for some reason, it gets served in general for ADA compliance. So what at first seemed like it was so incredibly successful was actually kind of a mistake on Google's part for serving up content that isn't actually relevant to viewers. And over time, that blog post will descend in the search rankings and it won't get served as well because people aren't spending very long on it and they're just jumping off an abandoning ship. And Google will see that and know that it's not okay. But I can't look at that data and think, wow, I should write a whole bunch more articles on ADA compliance because I'm not an expert on ADA compliance for buildings and for structures. I just do it for websites, different beast. For a website without a blog, your most viewed page will always be your homepage. And the pages that people view the most will generally be the ones that Google is serving underneath your homepage when people are searching for your business name they almost always correlate. So if you go on out and you search for your business name, you're going to see a listing that's your homepage with the description underneath it. And then you might see up to six little listings underneath it. They call that the six pack. So those are going to be the most visited pages on your site. If you only have three pages listed, then you would see those would be the three most visited pages on your site. And the reason is because... Visitors have went to those pages most often, so Google deems them the most valuable ones on your website, and it will share them with that homepage listing in a search result because it thinks that they will also find those pages useful. And they almost always reflect that way in search engine listings and in your Google Analytics report. Glance quickly at your referral sources. Those are the websites that are sending your website traffic. One of the most important things about this referral report is that all the websites seem normal. They seem like sites that would send you traffic. They might be organizations that you're a member of that you have your website listed on their site. They should not be things like crap. Those are crappy websites that are basically scamming the system and trying to achieve greatness through junk. And they're blowing up your Google Analytics report, and they make me so angry. You can filter this stuff out of your Analytics report. You have to install something on your website to do it, but you should not see them there. And if you do, you need to take the next step to clean up that data. Likewise, if you're paying for ads on another website, like maybe a local news site or even something like the Yellow Pages, then you should see traffic coming in from those websites. If you don't see traffic coming in from those websites and those companies are giving you a report saying that they're sending you visitors, they're probably not actually sending you visitors. They might be sending visitors to another site that they made for you, but it's not your actual website that you made for yourself. Um, or they might not be sending traffic to you at all. And so this is a great way to to do checks and balances. We have been through so many different types of data and I only need you to stick with me for like three more. The next one is device type. This is gonna let you know if people are looking at your website on their phone, on their computer or on their tablet. You just need to make sure that people are behaving approximately the same way on each one. If they're behaving unfavorably on one or another, it might mean that your website's loading really low or that it's broken. You can also filter website traffic by device. So you can look at how people behave on your website when they're on a mobile phone. You can look at what pages they see, how long they stick around, it's great information and it helps you understand what people need when they get to your website on a specific device with their purpose while they're there. For example, if you have a ton of mobile traffic and you're not getting as many conversions on mobile on your shopping cart as you are in desktop, maybe you need to consider a mobile app or maybe you need to look at the load time or the display on mobile for your shopping cart, because you know that a ton of those people have an interest in your products, but why aren't they buying? What can you change to make them have a better experience so they will buy from you? And speaking of buying, next thing is events. So if you don't have a shopping cart on your website, you might not just natively have events that show up in your Google Analytics report. You would need to set those up. The most common event that I set up for my clients that aren't shopping carts is just a thank you page event. You go in, you set up a goal, and basically it records every single time that somebody submits a form on the website and it views the thank you page. And that allows you to see at a glance how many people contacted you through your website. Now you can set up events for all kinds of different things, but that's the most common one that I use. Event tracking is a much more advanced form of tracking that you can set up in Google Analytics. So I don't want to jump down that rabbit trail today. I just wanted to introduce it, let you know that it's out there. And if you want to look further into it, you certainly can. It will give you a better picture if people are doing what you want them to do while they're on your site. Now, the last thing that you would look at and this is not in Google Analytics, this is in Google Search Console is what words are bringing people to your website. What you should see is that when people search for your name or a variation of your name, they are clicking on the link most of the time and you're showing up in the, you know, top 10 search results. This would be normal behavior. Better behavior would be if people are searching for a service that you do and you're showing up top of first page in search results and people are clicking on that. That's a lot harder to achieve if you're not running an SEO campaign, but it is something to aspire to. Everybody's got to start somewhere with their keywords, and the first step is just knowing what keywords people are using to arrive on your website. When I first started looking at the keywords that people were using to find my website, like, I don't even know, 12 years ago. It was sidewalk chalk, believe it or not, because I'd done this article on. The lost marketing art of sidewalk chalk. And it was one of my most popular blog posts. And I also had an alt tag on an image that I had named sidewalk chalk. And so people were finding the image in search results and they were also finding the word sidewalk chalk. And so it was dragging them to my website, but none of these were people that I wanted. And so eventually I just decided to take the post down because while it was driving traffic to my site, it wasn't really helping me on my journey to sell websites. So off it went. This is just one of the pieces of information that Google Search Console has to offer. There are so many nooks and crannies of that service that I don't even know all about them yet. It's a super valuable resource. Once you submit your sitemap to it, it will start generating this information for you. And you can just learn and learn and learn from it. It's not the end-all be-all for an SEO software, but it's a great starting point for people who are starting to consider search engine optimization for their website and who care how people are finding their website. So take a look at it. Another thing that you might look at while you're in there is if you have any errors. If you have mobile errors on your website, it will report that kind of stuff to you as well. So Just look for those error reports, and then that can be another key indicator that maybe something isn't quite right on your site. Woo! Okay, so that is what all those metrics mean. You're going to go out into Google Analytics, or you can use Google Data Studio to look at sessions, percent new visitors, average time on site, pages per session, bounce rate, your traffic sources, the demographics. Take a look at the pages people visit, landing pages they come in on the referral sources, device type, events, and then you can hop on over to the search console and check out what keywords brought people into your site. So now how often are you supposed to do this, right? That was the fourth thing I promised I'd tell you today. How often do you need to review this data? You do need to make a commitment to yourself and to your marketing to decide how often you'll review because not everything will need to be reviewed at the same frequency how often you review your website and what data you review each time will depend on how much traffic you have and how many digital marketing activities you're running. So if I've got a bunch of money tied up in an ad campaign for just three weeks for a sales push, I'm going to be looking at my marketing data and my website data almost daily because I want to see if people are converting. I don't want to spend my money on something that's not working. But if You're only taking in a couple hundred visitors a month, then you're probably just going to need to glance at it monthly, might even be bi-monthly or quarterly. Now, when you begin reviewing your data, I know it's so hard to know what's good and what's not. And that's why I tried to give you some of those indicators here in this podcast. But look at it on a month-over-month comparison and then look at it year-over-year you won't always see improvement month over month due to seasonal services and fluctuation in your marketing activities. And that's why reviewing it year over year is important. I also like to look at it quarterly and looking at a semi-annual traffic comparison because I like to see patterns. I like to understand when I can expect a dip in my website traffic so that when I get into it the next month, I'm not alarmed because things don't look the way that I thought they would. And unless you've completely stopped your marketing, you should generally see improvements in your year-over-year traffic. And if you don't, then you need to figure out what's wrong. For example, I went into our website and I was looking at it and I noticed that it was declining in year-over-year for a couple of months. And it turned out that some of my very best blog posts were actually aging, and they weren't bringing in the same amount of traffic that they did before. So then I went in and I said, well, what areas is it it in? Is it just in Europe that they're declining? Is it in India? Because I don't work in those areas. Well, it turned out that it was everywhere. And that told me that I needed to now start on a campaign to update my blog posts that had done so well in the past, but were starting to age out. So that way I could bump them back up in search rankings and get my traffic back up. And after doing that, I've definitely seen an improvement in my website traffic now. Now, one thing I would not do is I would not do a lot of week-over-week review. Unless you're engaged in that huge marketing push that I gave an example of earlier, it's difficult to compare that week-over-week data um, because it's such a limited amount. Now, as you go through and you see things that are great or they're not great going on on your website, Just make sure that you're diagnosing the strategy and the creative components of your marketing plan. You know, your strategy is the number of activities that you do and the creative is the way that you do them. Use your website data as that additional piece of insurance that lets you know that your marketing is working. If Facebook tells you that tons of people are liking and clicking and interacting with something and it's not sending a bunch of traffic to your website that converts, then it's probably something on your website that's not working, not your Facebook ad. Now, if people are interacting with your Facebook ad, but they're not clicking on it and you're not seeing them arrive at your website, then it's probably that your ad isn't quite right to drive people to your website. There's all kinds of different options that it could be. And obviously it's just one gigantic science experiment, but this website data will give you another resource with which to base your marketing decisions. So that's it for website metrics. If you want to learn all about social media metrics or email marketing data, check out parts two and three of this series. Now, we talked about a bunch of intangible stuff today. So if you need visuals, check out this episode's goodie bag. Katie has prepared a party favor just for you. She included links to the websites and services that I talked about in this episode. So hop on over to podcast.makecreate.com. Your party favor awaits. Now I do have a teeny tiny favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode or maybe learned a thing or two, subscribe. Or give us a quick review wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. So no more excuses. No more money flushing. You've got what you need to dig into data. And those decisions aren't going to make themselves. So go forth and market with purpose.
1: Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, m-a-y-e-create.com for podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on Market with Purpose.